Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and today I have the genuine pleasure of hosting a very good friend of mine that I've actually been following for some time, and very, up until very recently hadn't spoken to on the phone, and the moment we did, I was like, man, we gotta, get, we gotta do this podcast, it just has to happen. And that is the one and only Rome. Dude, is your surname Zart, or is it like, does it have a longer surname, just short bit? I've never Eastern asked you. Europe. I'm from Eastern Europe, bro. We don't have two-letter last names. I was gonna Zah, say Zah will do, bro. You can find him online. Dude is hella inspirational, really fun, um, and you inspire people in different ways. As a business owner, you're inspirational. As a dad, you're inspirational. As a jujitsu and health coach, you're inspirational. As a mindset leader, you're inspirational. There's so many hats that you wear that inspire. So, with that being said, I want to formally welcome you to the show, my friend. Thanks, bro. Um, I'm I'm happy to be here, bro. I'm so glad that you are. And just a quick shout out uh, at, the spot to, at the start to do our sponsor call. Today's a little bit different. Uh, before we do anything, please subscribe, rate, review the podcast. Let me know what your thoughts and feelings are. Um, the more we have them, the better it helps our ratings out and um, helps us get more track of people that we can actually shine lights on. That being said, our sponsor for today is actually a Facebook group run by the one and only Rome. If you go onto facebook.com and just type in Awaken the Warrior Within, there is a link in the description and on the website show notes. They'll take you directly to that link. Please join and sign up because there is some incredible value in there. Like just, he went, it's like someone just gave him the green light to be a madman and just go off. He was like, right, I'm just gonna go off and show you guys everything. That being said, my first question to you, my brother, is pretty pretty simply this. It's pretty uh, simply, I'm not being able to be, I can't speak words right now, is to pretty simply ask, why did you start the group and how did it like expand out during the time that we're in, which is the quarantine? So I started the group like around the time of the quarantine. Uh, I'm coaching an emotional intelligence and leadership program. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we do is we hold people accountable to their goals. And a lot of people had... Um, they had fitness goals, uh, body, body goals, just like movement goals, and they couldn't go to the gym. And yeah. I, I've been doing, I've been moving for the last uh, 21 years, like consciously. So I was like, man, it's time to like share what I do with the world. Like, and I love teaching. I've been teaching and coaching for the last 15 years, and I've had an academy for, for the majority of that. And I always thought that I had to have a physical location to coach people uh, on movement. And what I realized was that I don't. Yeah. I, can, I can, like Pareto's principle, 80-20, I definitely can deliver 80% of the value uh, with a lot less than 20% of the overhead. <laughs> yeah. It's almost incredible. And it's, it's so nice to see because I didn't take any of your classes initially. And then you and I had a conversation and just started tagging me and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. I'll go watch them because uh, by the time you do your classes, it's my evening. Uh, so I usually tend to watch them the next morning when I get up at six uh, or six 30. That's the first thing I do. Roll out the jujitsu mat, get on my, like my gi pants, watch a thing on Facebook and just keep going. Sometimes I memorize a few routines and just like try and play off of that. If I have a shorter space than uh, I'd like, i.e. I woke up late that day and I've got some things to get done. But what's incredible to me is how much better I'm starting to feel 
in my body. Like my shoulders are already starting to relax a little bit more. My back is relaxing out. My posterior chain is locking back into place. And this is with what? Maybe a week's worth of just like using this stuff. My question to you is, as so many people are working from home during this time, but as many people that listen to the show were already working from home previously, we're susceptible to get back injuries and like pelvis injuries just simply by sitting down in an incorrect posture all the time. My yeah. question to you is, how do you actually determine uh, how to break down your day so you, get in, so you get enough movement and you get the correct movement for your body to work? Yeah. So it's a great question. I mean, the biggest problem that people have is their lower back. The yeah. second biggest problem um, is around like their shoulders and neck. Um, around here, like kind of the, just right the, at the top. The, the stress muscles. Yeah. Um, predominantly, a lot of that comes from, uh, from sitting too much. That, that's the number one cause, right? Like in the next 10 to 20 years, sitting is going to be the new smoking. Yeah. If it's not already um, for um, technology use, because there's actually already uh, a problem that's resulting in our development through technology use. And it's a forward lean on the neck. Yeah. And they say that every centimeter that you're leaning forward adds an extra like five pounds to your, uh, to the weight that your spine is carrying. Now imagine you're carrying that all day. Of course it's going to be, um, detrimental to your health so people have some serious issues that they will need to compensate um with movement like that's the only way you're going to fix it is by actually moving and doing something about it there's no real like quick fix um it's lifestyle changes so what i do is um well when i was starting out i would put an alarm on my phone and every hour I would sit in a squat for 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and then eventually like I stopped working, um, in like a sitting position for the majority of the time. I would only sit like a quarter of every two hours. I would sit for half an hour and the rest, I would sit in a squat. I would stand, I would change up different squats. I actually just created a, a course. I'm, I'm probably like 50% done with, the first phases, but like how to fix the neck and uh, the shoulders. That would be amazing. Please send me the I, link to that when it goes live. Yeah, for sure. I had four herniated discs 11 years ago, two in my neck, one in my thoracic, which is my T-spine and one in my lumbar, and they wanted to fuse my neck. Sure. And um, I met like my good friend right now, and now he's my business partner, and he helped me put everything back together. And now I train three, four hours every day, six days. Yeah. Because you're telling me, you're telling me how often you train. I'm like, man, there are so many black belts I know out there that can't even train that. And there are so many like, yeah, there's not a lot of like brown belts that can train. There's just not a lot of people at a high level that can keep going for that long. Not unless they're young and they've been doing this since a young age. And even then, it's really based on what they learn over time and what they like develop their body into. Like since turning around, because like one of the big ones for jujitsu fans out there. When you're laying on your back and like doing the little, uh, what, what the hell do you even call it? Cause like egg beaters, egg beaters, basically. Yeah. You're doing that with your legs, just like well known, like leaving them in and out for my hips. That used to feel really good. Like it used to help me loosen up my spine a little bit. Let me play a little bit, but since moving around, just doing other movement roles, that doesn't feel as 
it feels good a little bit, just like, you know, swim your leg in, swim your leg out, whatever you do. But I can't do it as often. And like, after a while, it starts to hurt my back. I'm like, okay, this is, maybe I need to change this up a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, heroin, I'm sure feels great too, but like at what cost? Exactly. <laughs> just because something feels good doesn't mean it doesn't always mean that it's good for us. And just because something doesn't feel pleasant doesn't mean that it's bad for us. Agreed. I am still impressed with your ability to squat for so long. I, I can only get to about maybe three or four minutes and then my body's like, we need to stand up again. Oh yeah, we're going to fix that, bro. That's more to do with my knee though than anything else because I've had a couple of operations on me. Oh, we can fix that too, bro. Oh, looking forward to that. That'll be so, so. <laughs> Now, one of the questions I really wanted to ask you really comes around like the idea of mindset. Because so many people actually have, um, not just with fitness, but with every area of their life, it's the, there's, there's like an almost defeatist nature in us that kind of wants to take the easy way out, the easy road out of whatever we do. My question to you is with the mindset, how do you make it that it loves to do the things that it currently dislikes? like eating correctly, like working out, having a schedule that works in your favor, sleeping at the right time for you. Like, how do you start to maneuver around that? Well, first of all, how you do something is how you do everything, whether it's business or relationships or your movement practice or your leisure activities, your personal development. It's all the same thing. Everything is personal development. That's like the big um, overseeing force on it all. And essentially like, how you show up in one thing is for sure your come from in other things. Um, what do I mean by that? It's not like just because you're good at jujitsu means that you should be good at other things. No, it has nothing to do with skills. It's the emotional um, state that you're in or the emotional state that hopefully you choose to be in when you do everything. Are you all in? Are you all out? Or, or are you not? Cause you, you can't be like kind of pregnant. Like you're either fully pregnant or you're not pregnant. So yeah. for me, the, the question is um, not how is it done, but why is it done? Like why would I watch very, very specifically what I'm putting into my body and what I'm consuming? Why am I moving X amount of hours per day? Why Am I nourishing this relationship and letting this relationship go away? Um, you've got to have a strong enough why because the how, we can't get attached to it. Like eventually uh, we'll work the how out. There's so many courses out there and they all teach the how. Um, the problem happens when you're focused on the how and your first challenge arises and you give up because your why isn't big enough to overcome that challenge. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense, but that really kind of brings me towards the idea of how do you how do you know which why is the one that really drives you? Because there are a lot of people, that are, and I've been through this, where you think, this is my why, and you get to, you're like, nah, that's not my why. This is my why, and you're like, eh, that's not really it. And you keep finding like new areas that you can go to, but realistically, how do you find that North Star that like is like that motherfucker right there? Yeah, so, for me, it's been years. Like it's consistently evolving into something bigger. But okay, the thing so that's is that, yeah, it's a hundred percent normal. I mean, as human beings, but it's very important that it stays in the same direction and it's not pivoting to like, from I want to um, do yoga to I want to be a four hundred pound power lifter. 
Like those yeah. are completely different directions in where you're going essentially. So for me, it's always, it's not so much a why of a destination. It's a lot more of a why of a directional pull. Like for me personally, like my uh, current uh, iteration of like my purpose um, is essentially like I want to support people. I want to create a container for people to feel amazing in their bodies and in their minds so that they can create a life of purpose. Right. Because it's very hard to live a purpose filled life. If you feel like shit all the time. Agreed. Very agreed. That's actually one of the hardest things that people actually face is the fact they, how do I put this? They don't feel great, but they say that they're living in their purpose. And at that moment, I'm kind of like, but are you really? And it's always that questioning because in today's world, some cases you can't even tell a friend that like, I don't think you're actually living your purpose the way that you want to. And by, even by saying that, that could actually piss them off and cause like a bit of a fight between you guys. Sure. So my question is like, how do you navigate that and say that to someone that's really in your life that you care and love by telling them, look, you need to, not even you need to, but I would suggest this is the path that you look at. Are you ready? Are you open? Are, are, do I have your permission to give you coaching on that statement? Yes, sir, you do. Of course you do. Because that statement was more or less just that as was, and you're supposed to coach me on this. That yeah, was so first of all, you have to ask for permission, right? Because if somebody gives you permission for feedback, that's one. Two is it has to be feedback and not advice. Three, this is the most important one. The third one is the most important one. This is crucial. Like you have to listen to this with your heart and soul. Are you walking the walk yourself? If you are not living your life. And at, when I say purpose, I don't even just mean a North star. I mean, on purpose. Is that, there's a difference there, right? Like yeah. people are like, Oh, like this is my purpose. No, but are you living your life on purpose? Are you taking each breath on purpose or is it on autopilot? So are you driving your life on manual or are you on autopilot? Um, if the answer is you're on autopilot, you have no place to give any advice to your friend as much okay. as you want to, because they, they shouldn't listen to you. Um, the three filters that I put everything through is has this person done it themselves? That's my first question. If it's a yes, we move on to the second question. If it's a no, we don't even continue that specific conversation. Um, the second question is, has that person taught other people how to do it? If it's a no, then we don't continue that specific conversation because their advice is useless. It's just unsolicited advice. Yeah. Um, and then three, if that's a, if the second one's a yes is like, has that person created a system where they pump out people with that result that I'm looking for? So, I mean, it's important to ask yourself that question. And then two, it's important to ask yourself why you even want to give them advice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause it could come from a place of like ego or it could come from a place of love. It's really checking yourself feel which one is it. And most of the time it's from ego because where it comes from is I would rather focus on you fixing your shit than me fixing my shit. So until I fix my shit, I don't give a fuck about your shit. And like, this goes against the grain of like what a lot of people want to do. But like you see a lot of these dudes on stage. Um, I mean, it's like a fat personal trainer. 
Like, you don't go to the gym and start teaching and uh, being a personal trainer until you get your shit in order. Um, because it's just like, it's not fair. It's not fair to the people that are around you because like they're modeling you whether you, um, whether you tell them to or not, like children. You know, if you get somebody to look up to you, they're going to model you. And if you're not living your life according to your own belief systems that you chose, um, it's fucked up for other people because there's that like misalignment and there's okay. always going to be that question in the back of their head. Like, why are they focusing on me and not themselves? Yeah. And it's always oh, that, that case. Was a really long answer. No, no, that's actually a perfect answer. And like, actually, I love the fact that we went here. I didn't even mean to go down this path, but hey, this is where we're supposed to go because it brings up a whole new set of stuff that gets me to ask you this question, these questions. But specifically what you said right now makes so much sense. It's if they've not done it, like the other filter I have is if they've not done it for themselves, how good are they at this thing? Because there are so many experts that we know. There are, they are the best at what they do yet they don't have the same results their clients do because they've spent all their time helping others themselves. And that kind of goes back to the whole thing of like, be self-reliant first and then help others. So put the mask on yourself, learn how to breathe and then help others. And if you can use your skill to help others and make a little bit of money in the, in the interim, make sure that it's only in the interim. Don't make it a full-time thing. Like make sure you use the skills for yourself first and help others. That's, the, that's just the small part. The thing I was gonna actually focus on more than anything was like this idea of um, finding the right mentors around you. And it's again, the, the fat personal trainer that's on stage. Have they done it? Have they gone ahead and got the results? Or even more so, my personal favorite with someone that's on stage, especially with copywriting, I think you and I have this discussion. I have this personal belief, if you've never made your clients at least $10 million as a copywriter, I don't think you should actually be teaching it because you don't have the experience of losing. Now, if you had like 10 million and that was all wins and you not had a loss, excellent, good for you. You should totally continue teaching your system. You should totally be who you are. I will not say whatever. I don't hold any opinions of that. But for me, it's a case of I like looking at it and going, I think that's the experience. But again, that's all for me go as well. And so I'm right when I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, that sounds egotistical and weird. It is. You guys are getting a free coaching session of me being the subject here. So enjoy the randomness that is my brain and my world. Um, but something I did want to actually ask you. So we have a mutual friend in Ed O'Keefe. Um, okay. And I, I, I like Ed. I like his book on time collapsing. I think he's pretty cool. One thing that I did ask him before, and I really wanted to ask you this, well, a similar question to it, was I asked him how he manages to stay productive throughout his day. And right before this call, you told me right away in the morning that 4 a.m. you've been up, it's been seven hours, you've been coaching, teaching, playing, having the time of your life. My question is, was, well, it's a two part of one. Was there ever a time in your life where that wasn't the case? And secondly, what was the, what was the bridge and gap to get you to where you are? Like how, please tell us that journey. Uh, when I was uh, 21, I which is I'm 33 now. So when I was 21, I was in my no, 22. So when I was 22, I was in my fifth year of college. And I was studying, I just finished doing my pre-med prerequisites uh, with a nutrition and biology major, like a double major. Nice. And um, I fucking hated it. I hated it so much, bro. Like you don't even, but I felt like I owed it to my parents in order to finish school. Yeah. So then I, took it, and then I was competing a lot in jiu-jitsu. 
and I decided I'm going to pivot to nursing. So I did three more years of school. So I have seven years of college, of university. Um, and I dropped out two classes before graduating and opened up my martial arts academy. Now, in the, in the duration of like that time frame of the pivot, I started to develop like a really deeply rooted anxiety. Um, I started to have insomnia. I started to collect a lot of injuries. That's when I had like my herniated discs in my back and my shoulder. I tore both my rotator cuffs. Sure. I was a mess. I was competing every week. I was just trying to like escape from the reality that I would have to live on this path, on this trajectory for the rest of my life. Like that's all I seen for myself is like, I'm going to be a nurse maybe eventually a nurse practitioner. I'm going to make $200,000 a year, $150,000 a year. I'm going to eventually open up my martial arts school. Um, and that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to teach martial arts. Like that was like my fucking dream. Um, but I was broken. Like I was completely broken. Like I wasn't sleeping. There was a point where like, actually my mom just reminded me, my parents are staying with me right now. And my mom was like, she reminded me that she came in my room one day and I was like, it's been like two weeks since I've slept, like, like a, even like a three hour stretch. And I was like, I'm ready to like fucking jump in front of a car. Like, I didn't even know what to do. Like I had no fucking clue like that. I can feel that bad. I couldn't fuck my way to sleep. I couldn't jerk off my way to sleep. I couldn't smoke my way to sleep. I would take ambience and I still wouldn't be able to fall asleep. Damn. So I was just like a mess. And, you know, like through that process, when I, I feel like I hit rock bottom in that process uh, for me and um, what I, I was introduced to meditation through like my search and like through all those like little deep, dark crevices and through meditation and then through like getting clear on what I want to create. I started to attract better people into my life. Ed O'Keefe being one of them. Um, I met Ed when I was probably 24. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it's been a process. I mean, meditation, movement, um, lots of mindset, emotional intelligence, training, uh, psychedelics, journaling, um, jiu-jitsu, like dance, like getting out of my comfort zone. Like all of these things that I just mentioned are very uncomfortable for me. I don't enjoy most of them. I didn't enjoy most of them when I started. I enjoy it now. Um, you know, I guess it's like shaking yourself out of the rut. Like I, I, I had to shake myself out of the rut. I've helped hundreds, maybe even thousands of people at this point directly and indirectly shake themselves out of that rut. And, um, you know, essentially like it just boils down to like, what do you want and are you moving towards it or away from it? And are you walking the walk or are you just talking shit? And I didn't want to talk shit anymore. I just wanted to walk the walk. So I stay on that bus as long as possible. That's incredible. Now, see, I'm curious about the different types of meditation that you actually mentioned because there's a lot of stuff that it's kind of interesting because uh, I'm not on the exact same journey, but I have crossed over quite a lot of the same lines that you have, which is actually quite reassuring for me because it means, hey, you're actually still on the right path. Keep going this way. My question with meditation, because the problem that I've had in the past is um, 
especially recently, which is really strange. I've been meditating and my brain seems to like almost go down a detour of going, hey, we need to look under this carpet right now, like really badly. And like my brain, for some reason, when it goes meditation, it goes there, but my but I just can't seem to break past that barrier. And I don't know what it is because like, what, and it's every third time, like I'll listen to a different type of meditation um, and the first two times, be good, relax, happy, ready to go, third time, look under the rug. And then I'll be like, relax, normal, happy, look under the rug. So my question to you is, what types of meditation did you actually adapt to? And um, what benefits has actually brought to your world? Like specifically, like what has it helped you, helped you with? Because I know under I'm your, What's under your rug? Oh, that I do, I do know what it is. I'm actually <laughs> waiting for this weekend to solve that. And there is a very specific reason why it's on Saturday. Okay. <laughs> I, have a free day, I have a free day where there is, I have no work, no nothing. My phone is being switched off and I'm doing a full day of just inner work for myself. I love it. Yeah. You know, except uh, for like watching you teach me in the morning. That's the only thing I'm doing. I love it. Um, for me, uh, I've tried a lot of different meditations. Um, I mean, this journey has been long, right? Like yeah. um, I, I trained with Richard Bandler in London, uh, for NLP and hypnosis. I trained with Wim Hof, um, like breath work. We, we did an expedition in Spain. Um, I've tried from mantra meditations to uh, like a Vipassana practice to a mindfulness. I mean, just like so many different kinds of meditation. See, I thought that's why, that's why I asked. Cause I was like, I'm sure he's done like five or six of these at least. I'm not asking. Tons bro, dozens, maybe even hundreds at this point. Like I'm always curious on like where this thing could take me. And I always come back to basically like a Vipassana type practice where I just watch my breath. Yeah. The breath is the control. Silently. I think I say, isn't that the breath is essentially the thermostat of the brain on terms of anxiety. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the only thing that I've found um, that connects the mind, the body, the heart. And if you believe that there's a soul, the soul. It's the only thing that like directly runs a line through all of that. Um, it helps to detox you like from a physical sense. Um, it can slow your heart rate in the heart sense, speed it up if you want. It can take you into psychedelic states. Yep. Um, it can improve your endurance. It can ruin your endurance. Um, it can withhold your uh, ejaculation. It can speed up your ejaculate. Like it, it works in both ends of the spectrum. Like the breath is easily the most misunderstood uh, and neglected parts of our being. Because you know why it's misunderstood and neglected, I believe? Because um, the universe gave it to us on autopilot and manual, but most people choose autopilot because it's easy they don't even pay attention to it and that's what i think leads them to wherever they're going i would agree with that and i'd even go as far as saying with um what you just said right now gave me the perfect analogy when you're on automatic if you're running on automatic i would say it's the, it's the equivalent of driving a tesla automated car and going dude i'm just gonna take a nap i'm just gonna take a nap and let the car drive me and the car is off course from where you want it to be but in your mind, you're like, I'm controlling it with my mind. It'll get me where I'm supposed to. But you're like laying back and not even looking at the road. When you go to manual, you just get like a good shock up and you get to go, oh, damn, we're off road here. Let's turn this car around. 
and find our way back to like our goal. And I think that's the real difference between like taking deep breaths and relaxing. Uh, and one thing I found that really works for me, I don't know if it works for you, probably does, but for everyone listening, whenever you get into stress and anxiety, just take three deep breaths. Like just start with that. Like just say three deep breaths in, hold for four, uh, in for four, hold for four, release for eight. I found by the third breath, clear, I'm clear-minded again. And then the more I do that, the more like the happier I feel too. And that's something I've got to start doing again. So I'm saying it right now. I'm like, crap, I haven't done that in like a couple of weeks. Like you breathing. You, you, you haven't breathed in weeks. I haven't, yeah, I haven't breathed. I mean like properly, as in I haven't consciously allowed my brain to breathe. It's all been automatic. It's all been automated. Yeah, oh. the breath is a beautiful gift that we have at every moment. You know, like that's what, the, like the breath is essentially the thing that differentiates us from this life to the next. Massively, massively. And um, one thing I will actually say, like, so I'm curious about this particularly. What is it about dance that really gets you going? Because like in the last, like in the last year or two and more so recently with watching your videos, dude, you love to dance and it's amazing to watch because you can see the passion. I'm just curious, why, why dance? Like what, what is it about dance? You know, when I was a kid and we used to go out to clubs, we only went out to clubs to pick up chicks and mm -hmm. to get into fights, mostly to get into fights and then eventually uh, pick up girls. It was probably in that order. Um, we were like belligerent teenage like idiots. Um, but that was the process, right? Like you gotta, you gotta be a white belt before you become a blue belt and then so on, you know? Um, and I never got a chance to dance. Like I always felt self-conscious, uncomfortable. Um, I always, like, I always preferred like just being like on the, on the side, side chilling out. Yeah. And like, cause like, then I got to keep my image of like, I'm cool. Um, and I didn't have to like put it on the line and actually like put myself out there and be vulnerable. So I, I for me right now, dance is very vulnerable and it, puts me in like a deeper space in my heart where it's like open, especially that I put out videos about like my process and like I suck, but I enjoy it so much. So I just keep practicing, um, you know, because like at, with jujitsu, it's not vulnerable for me anymore. It's like, yeah. I submit you, you submit me. Like I've been doing it for 13 years. Um, like, it's just like, it is what it is in combat sports. I've been doing for like, I feel a lot more comfortable punching somebody in the face, choking somebody, getting punched, getting choked. than I do putting out a video of me dancing or dancing in public. Um, and I, I'm looking to continue to lean into that discomfort and that vulnerability. So, because I know that, for example, has jujitsu changed the rest of your life? Quite a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me too. So my question is like, okay, I'm scared of this thing. Um, I'm scared of like this discomfort. If I lean into it, fuck the dance skills. Like they're going to come. I'm going to be sexy ass dancer, bro. Uh, I have no backup dancer for like Beyonce and shit. Um, but, but what my, my biggest curiosity is like, how is it going to spill over? into the other areas of my life. Um, because I show up 100% like falls deep in that situation. I'm ready to like give it my all and learn. 
Um, and I'm really excited to see like how that vulnerability and that confidence and that joy and the freedom. I feel a lot of freedom when I dance. Yeah. Um, well, you have how a, that transfers over to everything. Well, very, very true. And it's like I was smiling a lot when you were saying when you were saying that because I had the same issue. Like I genuinely was so self confident about myself dancing. I think I was uh, I was twenty five. And I went out with uh, my, one of my best friends, Mandy, and now her husband, Tristan. Um, and there's a fun story that I'll tell you in a moment. But we all went out dancing with one of their friends from Minnesota, Sherry. And uh, I was like, okay, Tristan is a fellow nerd like me. There's no way in hell he's going to go on the dance floor. I'll have someone to hang with. Let the girls dance, whatever. They're confident. They can do their thing. I'm not. I, I've like, I don't want to sacrifice my cool points here and whatever. But then throughout the night, I started to dance. And like, you know, a little compliment. It's like, oh, you can dance. This is good. And I was like, cool. And that just kind of like brought it out of me. Like, undone so much. And now it's to a point that my friends kind of, they don't complain. But it's become a running theme where it's like, if I'm going to be cooking at your place or cooking anywhere, either give me the headphones and let me do my own thing in a corner or put some damn music on so I can dance on cooking. Because it ain't going to be like, I'm going to sit there like stationary. There is no stationary cooking for me. I love um, and like a couple of weeks ago, it was my friend's wedding. Mandy and Tristan got married. And it was like, it was so serendipitous. It was a week before the world just went into crazy lockdown. It was like the two weeks before it officially went through, but it was like the week before it ramped up to like, yo, everyone be like on the lookout. And uh, we were at the wedding. And I really, everyone knows this. I really dislike the DJ because like for about two hours, he was like putting on one good hit that everyone would dance to. And then like five hits that no one wanted to dance to. And you're like, seriously, dude, what, what the hell? The weirdest one, the goddess was frozen. When let it go came on, it was incredible how much of this like wedding party went onto the dance floor. It was this one little kid's fault, but that's hilarious. Essentially in a two and a half hour period, I literally like when they switched DJs and the DJ started to listen to whatever everyone wanted to like listen to and like dance to, it was crazy. Like to the point that I had to message a friend of mine the next morning because I couldn't remember because I was so in my own head about being in the zone. I just had to go, hey, I know like it's been a while and stuff because Sherry was there as well. I was like, hey, I know it's been like five years since we've like hung out and danced together. And I was like this, that, the other. I feel like I may have gone for it just a little bit too much and may have looked like really silly because I feel like I was being really silly in my head. The response back was the best response I got, which is, no, dude, you went for it and you kept up and it was awesome. Like, you totally go with that. So now that's my thing. And dancing brings you so much joy and freedom. And as you said, that confidence spills over to everything else. Yeah. yeah. So now my question to you is where else does it show up in your life that you start to second guess yourself when you go 100% into something? Ooh, everywhere. It, it is literally everywhere. Uh, when I'm writing copy, that's yeah, kind of, that's usually that. Sometimes boredom. But it's usually like jujitsu. Like that's the one place I get the most like that. Come in. Um, it's funny. I was talking to a friend about it just like an hour and a half ago about comp you know, competitions. I find it really weird. If, and I've noticed this as a pattern. When I'm competing, if I talk to the guy next to me and become friends with them before I have to go on the mats with them, I go so nicely and light with them. It's really, really weird. Like, I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be winning this competition. What are you doing? Um, why are you letting him pass God? You're not in the gym right now. Don't do this. Whereas if it's like a whole thing where I'm shut off and I'm like, okay, I, I, 
this is a power thing, fair enough. They can let's give them every advantage in the sun and just immediately go, right, they can handle me going for them and I can go 100%. But it's really weird because sometimes they don't like that. Sometimes they like to talk to people. So that's my question to you about mindset. What do you do when you feel like you're holding back from going 100%, not just in combat, but in every area of your life? How do you start to overcome those little obstacles to get to the point where you actually do commit fully? I have to prepare adequately um, going into it. Like if it's a competition, um, I, I don't talk to anybody. My headphones are in, like my hoodie is on. Um, whether I'm like taking a nap or I'm visualizing or I'm warming up, like I'm not talking to anybody except like a few, maybe one or two people. Like I have a handler usually and I have somebody that tells me when I'm on. Um, that's it. Like I have no contact. We are not friends. I am there to destroy you. We could be friends afterwards, but there is no question about it. Um, I am there to put it, put in work. Um, it's not, it's not that kind of party where like, where we're going to be friendly or any of that. Like, I don't want any of that stuck in my head. So yeah. I, I treat like whatever I show up for, I'm showing up for a hundred percent. I can still bring fun and joy uh, into it, but there's, there's, a, there's a level of rigor, um, whether it's competition or whether it's writing emails or whether it's uh, coaching or speaking or writing a book or anything, like there's a level of rigor that if I don't bring it, um, it's not gonna happen. That means my intention wasn't clear. Like did I come, like so the, the first thing is like, I show up with a very clear intention. I'm going to win this tournament. I've already won this tournament. And, I, and you know damn well when you come to a tournament, like if you're going to win or you're not going to win. Yeah. Like you, you, you just know. Like you know the night before. You might even know the week before. Um, yeah. And you know that day when you show up, you're like, oh, this shit is mine. Or like I'm done. Like it's not going to happen. That's why we start talking to people. We escape the reality of like what we're thinking instead of switching stuff. Yeah. Like we, we, we put it under the rug, as you said earlier. Yeah. Um, I, I like to deal with everything right now. If I can, I'm going to work. I'm going to do it right now. Like I, if I wait till later, um, it's going to grow teeth. It's going to grow wings. This opponent's going to be like 50 pounds heavier in my head. No, like I, like I am there to destroy them. I see them as this big. Um, I've already been there in my head thousands of times. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a hundred percent. You know that makes complete sense because like whenever like so a story from like when I uh, one of my earliest tournaments where I started to realize I need to have my headphones in to avoid people. Um, all I remember is as soon as I went onto the mat, it was a no gi match, me versus them first round. My first, like, sorry, it was gi and then no gi. I had the same guy twice, like in the same day. It was awesome. First time, I literally just looked at him and went, right, I'm going to pull, I, I was like, I know I'm going to pull guard. I'm going to jump guard into this guy and then I'm going to pull into like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. As soon as I clapped hands, I was not backing away. Usually when someone's going to do like a takedown, I'll either like lean into it or try and spool. This time I was like, this guy's not even going to try and take me down. He's like running backwards. I'm going to put him on the back foot and then I'm going to take him down. I'm going to like jump on him, get him down and go for the submission. I won both matches by points, but it was so one-sided like it, it was like literally obvious like there was no place that i'm in trouble and that mindset 
is so incredible. And to have that go into different areas, you're probably right. Probably basically knowing and setting the purpose correctly and knowing that based them in alignment with what I want and the visions in correct, like in the correct way that I know exactly what I'm going to go for, that would help out myself and so many other people listening to this. Just simply because yeah. if you go for it, what else is there? You left it all on the line. There is no big hairy monster after that. Yeah, that's it. Like 100% in. And the intention has to be very clear. Am I going to compete or am I coming to win the tournament? Am I coming to win the tournament or am I going to make friends? Because like you can't have two intentions um, at the same time. You really can't. And it's the same thing with everything else, right? Like am I looking to create this in my life or am I looking to create that in my life at this moment? Am I going to win my day or am I going to lose my day? Like somebody, uh, one of my, one of my guys um, was supposed to call me yesterday for coaching and he was like, and, and he didn't call me. So I sent him a question mark and he goes, I lost my day yesterday. Okay. Which is like, okay, but did you have an intention to win your day? Like, did you set an intention to win your day or were you just going to go with the flow? Because when you go with the, the flow that you didn't set, like you didn't, you didn't dig that fucking river. Like you're just going into the river that you're put into from that morning. And maybe that river is, I got a phone call that somebody's in trouble or I got a phone call that something happened in the business. Now you're going down that flow where you're losing your day. Like if you don't start your day intentionally, like if you don't own the first 15 to 30 minutes of your day, you lost it. That's you very powerful. That is very powerful. And that fits in perfectly with uh, what Bethany, sorry, just a side note, like what Bethany said last week on the show, guys, which was basically um, create, like basically have your to-do list to either like know what your modalities, I'm going to go for the biggest, hardest thing first, or I'm going to go for the easiest thing first. But you got to build that integrity with yourself by basically, A, waking up in the morning and saying, I'm going to start this day. But in that first 30 minutes, give yourself little things that you make promises for. Like, I'm going to promise to brush my teeth. I'm going to promise I'm going to eat. I'm going to work out for about 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes, however long it is that you can fit in that morning. Even what it is, just be like, I'm going to do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, and 10 squats today because that's all I can do. And if I need to do the, like, on my knees push-ups, fine, I'll do those. Whatever you need to do, you need to do. And that creates momentum. And that's something that um, I am so putting part of my day as of like now, because like change that intention for the rest of this evening and keep it going. Um, so one of my favorite questions to ask on the show as we're coming to one of my favorite segments has to do with books and movies particularly. Now I got to ask, big movie guy or not a big movie guy? I like movies. Cool. Here's my, here's my question to you. What five books nonfiction would you recommend to like if you had to give this book to like someone in your family that you really cared or a friend that you really cared about so these are the five books i want you to read what five books would they be and second question um what five movies slash fiction books would you recommend that same person read or watch all right i'm gonna start with the movies because that's that's like my easiest ones i'm just gonna give them my favorite movies go for it um gladiator Classic. 300. Even better. This is Spartan. Uh, Troy. 
um, the and the whole Lord of the Rings series. Oh, you got one more, bro. Oh, I can count that as like as one. Okay, that, perfect. It's a trilogy um, that's awesome. You can't like if someone goes. I get it. No, the Batman trilogy. I'm like, you've got to count all three. It's not just one. All right, so this one's weird, I guess, but not really. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Cloud Atlas. Okay, that is weird. You're one of the very few people that really enjoyed that movie. I really, really, really enjoyed it, and it made me question like life in a lot of ways. Um, it left me with a lot more questions than it did like fulfillment that I, I it, it didn't like, le it left me with blue balls for life. And usually movies are like a form of escape almost. So yeah. there's always like, a completion at the end. Yeah. There's like, a, there's like, and this was like, Ooh, this is like exciting. Like, but it hurts. Like there's something about this that hurts. So See, I that's had my that fifth one. Dude, I had that with the Joker, Ooh. the Joker movie. That that re I couldn't I couldn't talk to anyone for about thirty minutes after that movie. I was like, no one talked to me. I did not like that thing. Oh my! I watched it on a plane. Holy shit! Like so dark. The thing is, it's a great movie. Like it's an absolute. Like I because anyone that has mental health stuff they've gone through in their life, it's gonna affect you because it's gonna trigger the shit out of you. But that's what. And the thing that I love about the movie is. It triggers you, but you need to be triggered for that moment to kind of come to a realization of where you're at and go, it's a political movie. It's going to wake you up slightly politically in the way that it is. Fair enough. But in reality, if it's going to be like one of the movies that you'd recommend to watch, I was like, no, 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 no. This is not a movie I'd recommend. It's a movie that maybe you watch one time and then you're like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Don't need to watch that again. I'm good. For sure. Um, so what are the books? The books. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. And I'll give you the reasons for each one, actually. I think oh, that, that'll... Um, so four-hour work week, um, that changed my perspective towards um, essentially like work. Like everything I, I build in my life, um, I look to become leverageable or to be leverageable from the get-go using my gifts or resources that I have versus hard work. Um, like you, you can't work your way to financial freedom. Like it's yeah. not going to fucking happen. Um, because it'll consistently be like ups and downs. Like if you build systems for it, um, and that's essentially what four hour work week teaches. It's a little outdated in the tools that it gives, but essentially the direction is that like it's, it's perfect just the way it is. The principles are basically intact. They would still be apl applicable today. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Uh, atomic habits, atomic habits, I think is a really powerful book for most people, especially fundamentally. Um, they, they need to understand that all of this is compounding and you're either winning the moment or you're losing the fucking moment and building these small habits as they build on top of each other. That's essentially how you win at your life in whatever area that you're looking for. Um, so I, I would put like a fucking, um, a slash between these two, but um, the law of success by Napoleon Hill slash think and grow rich. Yep. Um, depending on your attention, like span, like, you choose either think and grow rich or the longer 
version um, of Law of Success. I must have read that book, I don't know, two, three dozen times. Damn. Yeah, you I, I was, a, I was Rafael, Dude, you and Rafael Lovato, like, uh, Rafael Lovato Jr., that dude uh, like loves that book. He reads it everywhere it goes. It's amazing. Well, one of our original mentors for both of us, Lovato and I, was Lloyd. Um, mm. And Lloyd, that like when we were part of like the mastermind for uh, millionaire, like martial arts millionaires or millionaire martial arts schools, um, that was the number one book that he recommended. So that's just like ingrained. Like it's like the starting point for all um, things. That's three. Um, I'm just looking at my books and like what I would recommend. Um, I hear you. Most people either do that with their Audible account or with their books, one of the two. Like if someone asked me this, I'd be turning around looking at my like library at home going, what, what, what book would I recommend? Hmm. hmm. I mean, it's a great question. Five is a lot, but because most people haven't read one fucking book since they got out of uh, high school, so. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, my crowd reads a little bit more. Okay, I, I know the book. I just, um, I forgot his name, fuck. What's the book about? Um, just like slipped my mind. Oh, a Zen mind, beginner's mind. Good book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. One of my favorites, for sure. Definitely worth a reread. Um, okay, I mean, we're talking about foundational books here. So mm -hmm. the four agreements. Classic, Don Ruiz, just amazing. So that's five. I have, I have so many more in my head that I would love to recommend, but I mean, essentially like those are the few books that I would recommend to pretty much any human being starting out. Otherwise, like I need to know like where they're trying to go. And specifics, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think those books will help them figure out where they're trying to go. And that's perfect. Cause that's actually what I wanted as a question. Cause otherwise like I either have to know the person or they have to know me and I'm like, I don't want to get into that right now. I really like, what are these, cause these essential books are the books that let's be honest, they're the ones that found are the foundational habits that you build that help you with everything else down the path of your journey. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And don't get me wrong. Thinking Grow Rich was exceptionally hard for me to read. It's um, a very to, hard book to read. It's yes. like the Bible. Yeah. Once I got it on audible, easiest thing ever. So I just kept reading. I just kept listening to an audible and reading through at the same time of the book and being like, right, I'm keeping track. It's the only way I actually got through, which is quite, quite powerful. Now, one of my favorite questions on the show really comes down to dealing with adversity. Main reason is because like, I know you've dealt with insane adversity. We've all dealt with some level of adversity in our life. My question to you is when life kind of kicks you in the nuts and just like, you just have to curl up a little bit, you're breathing heavy and you're like, Oh God, that was painful. How do you find the wall to climb back up again? And more importantly, what do you do now to either avoid being kicked in the nuts or as if you do, you know how to get back up quicker? So I don't mind getting kicked in the nuts in that situation, in any situation at like one time, maybe two times. But if I'm making the, mis the same mistake over and over again, 
there's a deeper question that needs to be asked essentially to myself is like, who am I being in this moment that is causing me to make the same mistake over and over again? Like, what am I trying to avoid? Um, right now, if, I mean, there, there's like a self way, there's like an inner way and there's an external way. Um, internally, I like to grab my journal and I write until I can't write anymore. If that's 10 pages, that's 10 pages. If that's 20 pages, that's 20 pages. And I just write. Um, once I'm done writing, I go and I sit and I meditate 30 minutes, one hour. I just sit there in silence, preferably in nature. Um, and then I just go and take a really long walk. Um, once I do those three things, usually something shifts inside of me. If it doesn't shift at that point, that's when I reach out to one of my coaches. And I just like tell them what's up and I ask for feedback. Sometimes they put me on a stretch for me to like go do something outside of my comfort zone to like shift my focus. Um, and sometimes like most of the time it's just like uh, nowadays it's very, it's a lot rarer than it used to be. But um, essentially like my biggest issue was like my own stories and my own thoughts in my head. They weren't so much that I was getting kicked in the balls. I was kicking myself in the balls. Yep. Being so bad. there's not much you can do externally with that um, outside of just being aware that your balls are there and your foot is there. It's a very, very aware way of looking at it and then stop kicking yourself in the nuts. Instead, start learning how to squat. Yeah, for sure. And just rub your nuts on the floor. <laughs> Teabag of the earth, if you will. Yeah, the earth needs it, bro. <laughs> well good man thank you so much for taking the time to be here today i've actually really appreciated this i hope you guys listening at home enjoyed the um the not excruciating but very surprised coaching session i received and enjoy at my at my uh at my experience that's what it is learn from another right that's what we do for sure but guys please have an amazing weekend please go check out awaken the warrior group is that the group Awaken the Warrior Within. That's the one. Awaken the Warrior Within, the group on Facebook. Link will be in the description as always. And uh, please seek out Rome. He's a, he's a really good dude. Like absolutely top of the line dude. And I guarantee you will have so much fun like watching him. And also if not, the best thing is you can always like uh, tease him a little bit as a friend about his dancing and get him to like be a little more confident and dance out there. He knows what he's doing. It's going to be fun. But guys, I'll speak to you real soon. Please rate and subscribe the show as always and share it if you love the value that we're providing. And I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you for having me, bro. You're welcome, man.